0: Our podcast blends a taste of the music that we experience here in worship on Sunday mornings, along with a scripture reading and a message.
1: Tell me, how did you feel when you come out the wilderness, come out the wilderness, come out the wilderness? How did you feel when you come out the wilderness, leaning on the Lord? I'm a leaning on the Lord. I'm a leaning on the Lord. I'm a leaning on the Lord who died on Calvary. Well, I loved everybody when I come out the wilderness. Come out the wilderness. Come out the wilderness. Loved everybody when I come out the wilderness, leaning on the Lord. I'm a leaning on the Lord I'm a leaning on the Lord I'm a leaning on the Lord who died on Calvary. Well, my soul was so happy when I come out the wilderness, come out the wilderness, come out the wilderness My soul was so happy when I come out the wilderness leaning on the Lord. I'm a-leaning on the Lord, I'm a-leaning on the Lord, I'm a-leaning on the Lord, who died on Calvary.
2: So our scripture reading this morning is from 1 Kings chapter 2, verses 10 through 12, and chapter 3, verses 3 through 14. So hold on to your seats. It's, it's a drama. Then David slept with his ancestors and was buried in the city of David. The time that David reigned over Israel was 40 years, and he reigned seven years in Hebron and 33 years in Jerusalem. So Solomon sat on the throne of his father David, and his kingdom was firmly established. Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of his father David only. He sacrificed and offered incense at the high places. The Lord went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the principal high place. Solomon used to offer a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what I should give you. And Solomon said, You have shown great and steadfast love to your servant, my father David, because he walked before you in faithfulness, in righteousness, and uprightness of heart toward you. And you have kept for him this great and steadfast love, and have given him a son to sit on his throne today. And now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king, in place of my father David, although I am only a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in, and your servant is in the midst of the people whom you have chosen, a great people, so numerous they cannot be numbered or counted. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, able to discern between good and evil, For who can govern this, your great people? It pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this. God said to him, Because you have asked this, and have not asked for yourself long life or riches, or for the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right, I now do according to your word. Indeed." I give you a wise and discerning mind. No one like you has been before you, and no one like you shall arise after you. I give you also what you have not asked for, both riches and honor all your life. No other king shall compare with you. If you will walk in my ways, keeping my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your life." The word of God for the people of God.
3: Galileo's head was on the block. Crime was looking up the truth. And as the bombshells of my daily fears explode, I try to trace them to my youth. Then you had to bring up reincarnation over a couple of years the other night. Now I'm serving time for mistakes made by another in another lifetime. How long till my soul gets it right? Can any human being ever reach that kind of light? I call on. about my fear of motion, which I never could explain Some other fool across the ocean years ago must have crashed his little airplane How long till my soul gets it right Can any human being ever reach that kind of life I call on the not making a joke you know me i take everything so seriously if we wait for the time till our souls get it right then at least i know there'll be no nuclear annihilation in my lifetime i offer thanks to those before me that's all I got to say Cause maybe you squandered big bucks in your lifetime But now I have to pay But then again, it feels like some sort of inspiration To let the next life off the hook But you'll say look what I had to overcome from my last life Right a book, how long till my soul gets it right? Can any human being ever reach the highest light except for Galileo? God rest his soul, King of night vision, king of insight.
0: Will you pray with me, please? Gracious and loving God may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Well, as I open this morning, I'd like to ask you to take a minute and close your eyes. Now, imagine yourself as a young person, late teens, early 20s. For some of you, that moment is now. And for others, that that moment was some time ago. Now imagine God coming to you in a dream and saying, ask me for anything, anything at all. Anything you ask for to navigate the journey and challenges of your life, I will give to you. Okay, now open your eyes. What came to mind as you imagined this scene? What did you ask for? Was it a loving relationship with a wonderful partner? Was it long life and health? Was it some, some particular thing for a, a member of your family? Was it financial security? Was it a spiritual community to journey with through, through life's ups and downs? There's so many things we could ask for in this situation. Well, this is the situation that is playing out in our scripture for today, which you heard Kelly read. And you remember in last week's scripture, David was seen dancing as he returned the longed-for ark to the midst of the people, ending a period of trauma. But as this period of a sense of of God's absence was ending. Not everyone responded with the desire to dance. And so we remember as we come out of this trauma into a new chapter that we're emerging with different needs, with different ways of handling this moment. And David's reign continued and then he came to the end of his life. And that's where our scripture for today picks up the story. So as our scripture for today opens, Solomon, the son of David, is becoming king over all of Israel. He's young. Some scholars think he may have been 15 or 16 or or, uh, uh, perhaps in his early or mid-20s, but he's young. And though this passage, passage suggests that the transfer of power was a peaceful one, it was not. On his deathbed, King David orders the murder of several rivals who are relatives of Solomon's. It's ironic that Solomon gives thanks to God for giving David a son to sit upon his throne in 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 6, which you heard Kelly read, because one of David's main problems is that he had too many sons who wanted the throne. Amnon, Absalom, Adonijah, and Solomon. One by one they are murdered, some by the order or hand of Solomon himself, until only Solomon is left. Solomon's path to the kingship of Israel is a path of trauma and violence. And in this short time of the transfer of power, he learns many lessons the hard way. And while some historians may say that Solomon displayed a steely resolve and a keen political sense of strategy in this transfer of power, it seems that Solomon himself is aware that this kind of bloody and calculated leadership is something he does not want to perpetuate. He says, I do not know how to go out and come in, which is, is less a, a statement about a, a doorway or a threshold as it is about a, a kind of military acumen and awareness. It, he, he knows he doesn't know about that. And, and it's like he's saying, I don't, I don't want to lead. In that way as he comes into his own power he experiences God's mercy and grace given what he has participated in and so when God comes to him in a dream and asks what gift Solomon would like to receive from God Solomon asks for wisdom He says I want to I want to lead people in in this experience of of mercy and grace. I want to be able to discern what is right so that people turn towards you God instead of listening to the call of of power and conquest. And so wisdom becomes a through line in Solomon's reign. He values it, he explores it in his writing. He prays for it. Throughout his reign, Solomon demonstrates himself to be thoughtful and empathetic and collaborative in building alliances rather than engaging in military conquest. He's not a perfect person, but he's perpetually seeking understanding of how to be a faithful servant of God. When we look at Solomon, a picture of what wisdom might look like in practice emerges We see that it's not a one-time gift bestowed on a young man, but a perpetual quest, sometimes succeeding, sometimes failing, to understand how to act according to God's purpose. We see that wisdom is a method and a practice, not an answer. Solomon's wisdom is tested through his experience of service and faith, as he sees what leads to peace and adherence to the law of love and justice and what does not. He iterates, he incorporates what he he hears from God, and he perseveres. As we emerge from our own periods of trauma, we too are emerging with new insights, These are insights that came from time spent alone or in small groups. This is clarity that has come from the reality of a global pandemic that has put into sharp relief what is life-giving and what is not. This is truth found in the experience of relying on the hope and transcendence we find through faith when the rest of the ground falls away. In some ways, it can feel like this experience we've been through has brought us to the core of life's meaning and purpose. Research on wisdom suggests that there are three types of wisdom. The first is understood to be general wisdom that understands the fundamental pragmatics of life and the human condition, what works and what is caring. And the second is understood to be personal wisdom in which an individual has perspective on themselves and develops coping mechanisms for dealing with difficult circumstances as well as understanding and empathizing with the circumstances of others. The third type of wisdom is said to be self-transcendence, which develops in people who are deeply spiritual and have a deep connection to past and future generations. They're able to go beyond themselves and their egos and their own historical location. Well, I submit to you this morning a fourth type of wisdom, faithful wisdom. Faithful wisdom is a kind of wisdom that combines the pragmatism and care of general wisdom, the resilience and empathy of personal wisdom, the big-picture humility and perspective of self-transcendence. It's a wisdom that is often honed through a traumatic experience, but not a wisdom that expects there will never be another challenge, another hardship. It is a wisdom that marvels in what is and is grateful for what is. The Buddhist nun Pema Shodron tells a story of a meeting she had with a well-known leader in the Shambhala tradition when she was in search of wisdom. It was at a time when her own life was falling apart and though she was a well-respected leader in their tradition at the time she felt like a failure. So she went in to see the master he said to her, how is your meditation practice? Fine, she said. And then their conversation proceeded with some superficial chatter. And after a short time, the master stood up and said, well, it was nice to meet you. And at that moment, Shodron realized that she was either going to have to expose herself and what was really going on and come clean and be vulnerable, or lose the opportunity to hear the master's wisdom. And so she let it all out. She said, my life is over. I've hit bottom. I don't know what to do. Please help me. If there are any words that might indicate wisdom in any single person, I think it's those three. Please help me. And so here is the advice she received from the master. He said, Well, it's a lot like walking into the ocean and a big wave comes and knocks you over and you find yourself lying on the bottom with sand in your nose and sand in your mouth and you're lying there and you have a choice. You can either keep lying there or you can get up and keep walking. So you stand up because lying there is the choice that equals dying. And after a while, Another big wave comes and knocks you down and you find yourself at the bottom of the ocean with sand in your nose and sand in your mouth and again you have the choice to lie there or stand up and start again walking forward. So the waves keep coming, he said, and you keep cultivating your courage and your bravery and your sense of humor to relate to this situation of the waves and you keep getting up and you keep going forward and after a while it will begin to see seem that the waves are getting smaller and smaller and they won't knock you over anymore. That is wisdom Shodron says. It isn't that the waves stop coming it's that because you train in holding the rawness of vulnerability in your heart and you accept that each moment is a new moment, the waves appear to be getting smaller and smaller, and they don't knock you over anymore. What's interesting about Solomon's reign is that though he was considered a paragon of wisdom, he still faced challenges throughout his lifetime, he still made mistakes. Yet Yahweh gave him the gift of wisdom and there are times when we don't see him acting wisely. There are times when he sacrifices to foreign gods and there are negative consequences to this for himself and for his people. He has other periods of trauma and he endures other moments of violence. But he knows that his true north is the God of Israel. He knows that continuing to get up and walk in God's path is what is life-giving. He knows that God's love and enfolding are unconditional. And when he gets knocked over, he gets up, rights himself, and turns again toward God. Wisdom isn't about getting it right all of the time or being able to give others perfect advice, or even being able to return to that moment of insight or clarity when we discovered an essential piece of truth for ourselves. It's about knowing that in all situations, through the mercy and grace of God, we can keep getting back up. This faith, despite what comes, is the ground of our hope. True wisdom is always informed by hope. Faithful wisdom has faced fear and trauma, but keeps getting back up in hope. Waves do come, but in faithful wisdom, it's not that the waves get smaller, it's that God gets bigger. In faithful wisdom, the awareness of God's presence gets more and more infused with each breath We take whatever may come. Just as we are now tentatively emerging, we are facing new concerns about variants. Thankfully, our high vaccination rate in the Bay Area is of some comfort. But we know more challenges may come. More, More challenges will come. Maybe not with this pandemic, but more challenges will come. Faithful wisdom accepts this but keeps walking forward without giving in to cynicism. Sometimes cynicism masquerades as wisdom, that that world weariness that predicts doom, that, that says this is what we all should know, as if we should all know better than to give in to hope. But cynicism is never wisdom. Because wisdom is full of hope and cynicism is devoid of hope. And the God of Israel, the God of history, the God of Jesus has shown us there is always a reason to hope. The paradox of trauma is that the vulnerability it engenders makes us more empathetic to others, more wise in that moment. And then as we emerge and heal, we can forget what the pain of loss feels like. And while this is a relief, it can also make us less empathetic. Our task is to hold the vulnerability and empathy found in our past experience while moving forward with hope. Our task is to know that God will always pull us back up. Our task is to keep walking in the ways that lead to life, expecting that the sands will shift, but knowing that our faith and our hope is built on solid ground. That is wisdom, and that is good news. Amen. Have a great week.
4: I know just a little bit longer. Oh, I know just a little bit longer. Oh, because the angels and everything is going to be all right. Wait
1: in the water, children. Wait in the water, children. God's gonna trouble go the water.
4: When i just a and changed. Wait